0: Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berend. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 Operation of Your Mental Picture The operation of a large telephone system may be used as a simile. The main or head central subdivides itself into many branch centrals, every branch being in direct connection with its source, and each individual branch recognizing the source of its existence, reports all things to its central head therefore when assistance of any nature is required new supplies difficult repairs to be done or what not the branch in need goes at once to its central head it would not think of referring its difficulties or its successes to the main central of a telegraph system although they belong to the same organization these different branch centrals know that the only remedy for any difficulty must come from the central out of which they were projected if we as individual branches of the universal mind would refer our difficulties in the same confident manner to the source from which we were projected and use the remedies that it has provided we would realize what jesus meant when he said ask and ye shall receive our every requirement would be met surely the father must supply the child the trunk of the tree cannot fail to provide for its branches everything animate or inanimate is called into existence or outstandingness by a power which itself does not stand out the power that creates the mental picture the originating spirit substance of your pictured desire does not stand out it projects the substance of itself that is the solidified counterpart of itself while it remains invisible to the physical eye only those will ever appreciate the value of visualizing who are able to realize paul's meaning when he said The worlds were formed by the word of God. Things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. There is nothing unusual or mysterious in the idea of your pictured desire coming into material evidence. It is the working of a universal natural law. The world was projected by the self-contemplation of the universal mind, and this same action is taking place in its individualized branch, which is the mind of man. Everything in the whole world has its beginning in mind, and comes into existence in exactly the same manner from the hat on your head to the boots on your feet. All are projected thoughts, solidified. Your personal advance in evolution depends upon your right use of the power of visualizing, and your use of it depends on whether you recognize that you, yourself, are a particular center through and in which the originating spirit is finding ever new expression for potentialities already existing within itself. This is evolution, this continual unfolding of existing, though outwardly invisible, things. Your mental picture is the force of attraction that evolves and combines the originating substance into specific shape. Your picture is the combining and evolving powerhouse, so to speak, through which the originating creative spirit expressed itself. Its creative action is limitless, without beginning and without end, and always progressive and orderly. It proceeds stage by stage, each stage being necessary preparation for the one to follow. Now let us see if we can get an idea of the different stages by which the things in the world have come to be. Troward says, if we can get at the working principle which is producing these results, we can very quickly and easily give it personal application. First, we find that the thought of originating life, or spirit, about itself, is its simple awareness of its own being, and this produced a primary ether, a universal substance out of which everything in the world must grow. Troward also tells us that though this awareness of being is a necessary foundation for any further possibilities, it is not much to talk about. It is the same with individualized spirit, which is yourself. Before you would entertain the idea of making a mental picture of your desire as being at all practical, you must have some idea of your being, of your I am, and just as soon as you are conscious of your I amness, you begin to wish to enjoy the freedom which this consciousness suggests. You want to do more and be more, and as you fulfil this desire within yourself, localised spirit begins conscious activities in you. The thing you are most concerned with is the specific action of the creative spirit of life universal mind specialized the localized god germ in you is your personality your individuality and since the joy of absolute freedom is the inherent nature of this god germ it is natural that it should endeavor to enjoy itself through its specific center and as you grow in the comprehension that your being your individuality is god particularizing himself You naturally develop divine tendencies. You want to enjoy life and liberty. You want freedom in your affairs as well as in your consciousness. And it is natural that you should. Always with this progressive wish, there is a faint thought picture. As your wish and your recognition grow into an intense desire, this desire becomes a clear mental picture. For example, a young lady studying music wishes she had a piano in order to practice at home she wants the piano so much that she can mentally see it in one of the rooms she holds the picture of the piano and indulges in a mental reflection of the pleasure and advantage it will be to have the piano in the corner of the living room one day she finds it there just as she had pictured it as you grow in understanding as to who you are where you came from and what the purpose of your being is how you are to fulfil the purpose for which you are intended you will more and more afford a centre through which the creative spirit of life can enjoy itself and you will realise that there can be but one creative process filling all space which is the same in its potentiality whether universal or individual furthermore all that there is whether on the plane of the visible or invisible had its origin in the localised action of thought or a mental picture, and this includes yourself, because you are universal spirit localised, and the same creative action is taking place through you. Now you are no doubt asking yourself why there is so much sickness and misery in the world. If the same power and intelligence which brought the world into existence is in operation in the mind of man, why does it not manifest itself as strength, joy, health and plenty? If one can have one's desires fulfilled by simply making a mental picture of that desire, holding on to it with the will, and doing without anxiety on the outward plane whatever seems necessary to bring the desire into fulfilment, then there seems no reason for the existence of sickness and poverty. Surely no one desires either. The first reason is that few persons will take the trouble to inquire into the working principle of the laws of life. If they did, they would soon convince themselves that there is no necessity for the sickness and poverty that we see about us. They would realize that visualizing is a principle and not a fallacy. There are a few who have found it worthwhile to study this simple, though absolutely unfailing law that will deliver them from bondage. However, the race as a whole is not willing to give the time required for this study. It is either too simple or too difficult. They may make a picture of their desire with some little understanding of visualizing for a day or two, but more frequently it is for an hour or two. But if you will insist upon mentally seeing yourself surrounded by things and conditions as you wish them to be, you will understand that the creative energy sends its plastic substance in the direction indicated by the tendency of your thoughts. Herein lies the advantage of holding your thought in the form of a mental picture. The more enthusiasm and faith you are able to put into your picture, the more quickly it will come into visible form, and your enthusiasm is increased by keeping your desire secret. The moment you speak it to any living soul, that moment your power is weakened. Your power, your magnet of attraction, is not so strong, and consequently cannot reach so far. The more perfectly a secret between your mind and outer self is guarded, the more vitality you give your power of attraction. One tells one's troubles to weaken them, to get them off one's mind, and when a thought is given out, its power is dissipated. Talk it over with yourself, and even write it down and at once destroy the paper. However, this does not mean that you should strenuously endeavour to compel the power to work out your picture on the special lines that you think it should. That method would soon exhaust you, and hinder the fulfilment of your purpose. A wealthy relative need not necessarily die, or someone lose a fortune on the street, to materialize the $10,000 that you are mentally picturing. One of the doormen in the building in which I live heard much of the mental picturing of desires from visitors passing out of my rooms. The average desire was for $500. He considered that $5 was more in his line and began to visualize it without the slightest idea of where or how he was to get it. My parrot flew out of the window and I telephoned to the men in the courtyard to get it for me. One caught it and it bit him on the finger. The doorman, who had gloves on, and did not fear a similar hurt, took hold of it and brought it up to me. I gave him five one-dollar bills for the service. This sudden reward surprised him. He enthusiastically told me that he had been visualizing for just five dollars, merely from hearing that others visualized. He was delighted at the unexpected realization of his mental picture. All you have to do is to make such a mental picture of your heart's desire. Hold it cheerfully in place with your will, always conscious that the same infinite power which brought the universe into existence brought you into form for the purpose of enjoying itself in and through you. And since it is all life, love, light, power, peace, beauty and joy, and is the only creative power there is, the form it takes in and through you depends upon the direction given it by your thought indicator. In you it is undifferentiated, waiting to take any direction given it. As it passes through the instrument that it has made for the purpose of self-distribution. It is this power which enables you to transfer your thoughts from one form to another. The power to change your mind is the individualized universal power taking the initiative, giving direction to the fluent substance contained in every thought. It is the simplest thing in the world to give this highly sensitive plastic substance any form you will through visualizing. Anyone can do it with a small expenditure of effort. Once you really believe that your mind is a centre through which the plastic substance of all there is in your world takes involuntary form, the only reason why your picture does not always materialise is because you have introduced something antagonistic to the fundamental principle. Very often this destructive element is caused by the frequency with which you change your pictures. After many such changes, you decide that your original desire is what you want after all. Upon this conclusion you begin to wonder why, being your first picture, it hasn't materialised. The plastic substance with which you are mentally dealing is more sensitive than the most sensitive photographer's film. If in taking a picture you suddenly remembered that you had already taken a picture on that same plate, you would not expect the perfect result of either picture. On the other hand, you may have taken two pictures on the same plate unconsciously. When the plate has been developed and the picture comes into physical view, You do not condemn the principle of photography, nor are you puzzled to understand why your picture has turned out so unsatisfactorily. You do not feel that it is impossible for you to obtain a good clear picture of the subject in question. You know that you can do so by simply starting at the beginning, putting in a new plate, and determining to be more careful while taking your picture next time. These lines followed out, you are sure of a satisfactory result. If you will proceed in the same manner with your mental picture, doing your part in a correspondingly confident frame of mind, the result will be just as perfect. The laws of visualizing are as infallible as the laws governing photography. In fact, photography is the outcome of visualizing. Again, your results in visualizing and your desires may be imperfect or delayed through the misuse of this power, owing to the thought that the fulfillment of your desire is contingent upon certain persons or conditions. The originating principle is not in any way dependent upon any person, place, or thing. It has no past and knows no future. The law is that the originating creative principle of life is the universal here and everlasting now. It creates its own vehicles through which to operate. Therefore, past experience has no bearing upon your present picture. So do not try to obtain your desire through a channel that may not be natural for it, even though it may seem reasonable to you your feeling should be that the thing or the consciousness which you so much desire is normal and natural a part of yourself a form for your evolution if you can do this there is no power to prevent your enjoying the fulfilment of the picture you have in hand or any other End of chapter four